It's End Times Podcast. Did you like that theme song? If so, send me an email. I'll send you the lyrics. My email is endtimes at campusxm.com. That's endtimes at campusxm.com. And I'll reply. I'll send you the lyrics in case you didn't get them all. It goes pretty quick. So this is End Times Podcast. We're in day number 379, give or take, of the um, coronavirus uh, mini pandemic, our preparation pandemic for real pandemics down the road, our wake-up call. And uh, just to go back really quickly on some stuff that had been touched upon in past podcasts, I did get a rechargeable AA um, and AAA battery charger off of the internet. And I went cheap. I decided to get one from, from China, China, as Trump would say. And um, so I, I got it and I put it in a windowsill the past five days. I had a couple of old AA batteries that had been sitting in a drawer for five or ten years. So I wanted to make sure the batteries were totally dead to see if this thing actually works. And there's a little red light on this charger, but I don't think the little red light means anything. It supposedly means like if the red light's on, it's charging, but... I don't know if I trust it 100%. So after about five days, I had this in a windowsill. I didn't have it outside because it's still cold and rainy and all that, and I didn't want to destroy it. Um, I took out the AA batteries and put them in a high-drain device, namely this microphone, and nothing. It just flicked for a second, then it went straight off. So I don't know if the batteries are bad from being old or if the charger just really needs to be like in, you know, it can't be in this hazy northeastern type of sun that we get um, and it has to be maybe directly outdoors or something like that so I'm gonna see um, I'm gonna see if it's the battery's fault I have the the old batteries now in a traditional charger so I'm gonna see if they charge up if they do charge up then it's the uh, the battery charger that's not working and I'll have to rethink it um, rethink if it actually works or not or try plan B but I do want a um, a rechargeable battery, you know, solar-powered battery charger, and just this one might be a little too cheesy. We'll see if it actually works or not. You know, if I can save a dollar, that's great, but I might have to spend more to get a better one that works a little bit better. Maybe I'll buy from an American um, person. At least I can hold their feet over the fire if it doesn't work. All right, so I don't know. That's a work in progress. You know, there's all kinds of end time scenarios, though, where there might not be, you might not need um, to charge your battery solar powered. So there could be perpetual night situation where, you know, the skies are darkened and you're not going to get solar power anyway. There could be, um, you know, there could be massive depopulation where 
there's only 1% of the population left. And so you could just walk into any old store and just grab all the batteries off the shelf. Um, you might be able to charge batteries other ways through generators and such. So, you know, the, the solar powered battery charger thing is nice, but it might not work in all scenarios. If it's a nuclear scenario, you might want to be, you know, in the bunker and not really expose yourself to radiation until that dies down. So you might not want to have some charger out there anyway. And the amount of time you're in the bunker, you should have enough like traditional batteries to, to last you a while, I would hope. So, um, so that is what I'm thinking with that. In another previous podcast, I said that the, um, the Chevy Volt or Bolt, as it's sometimes called, I think they have two models and I think they changed the name because maybe someone, you know, blew up or something with the car or electrocuted themselves or something and they had to change the name. But I mentioned that as being a great car for, um, for end times because you could charge it with a big solar array. And you could just have a normal plug coming from the solar array and, and do that. Um, one thing I, I didn't take into account was Chevy has another rechargeable car that might be even better. Um, and it's cheaper called the Spark. So it's a real small car, though. It's not much. You know, now you're starting to get into the territory of, hey, should I just get a golf cart? You know, if, because it's a very small car. But it's roadworthy. And it gets about, I think, about 80 miles to the charge. And um, so that might be another option. It might be a little quicker charge situation. Um, so that is um, that's some updates, some housekeeping. With this particular podcast, I wanted to talk about um, uh, breakdown of society and whether you should go lone wolf or join some kind of, you know, military, militia, pseudo-military, something like that. And, you know, I've given it some thought. And, I, of course, it depends on the type of population scenario going on. If it's, like, only 75 or 50% of population, you know, is still around then there probably will be some kind of the larger military structures probably will still be in place, you would think, unless it affects disproportionately people of certain ages. But the traditional military structures should still be in place. There's like a, a reserve station in every other town and um, there's there's equipment everywhere and there's enough people that are trained. Um, so the existing military structure probably will still be in place. Now, if it's, there could be regional variations. Like, let's say there's a catastrophe in one particular state and all the other states are mostly okay. Well, then there could be some kind of mayhem going on there um, until, like, the federal authorities can come in. But I'm talking more so... All right, let's say there's um, a virus and it, it kills off more than 50% of people um, or, you know, some kind of mm, perpetual night situation where people start to go 
mad and they start to, um, you know, become violent because of the situation. It starts to get colder. Um, food becomes scarce because you can't really grow it with the perpetual night situation going on. And, you know, and there has to be a, a breaking point for the military where they say um, enough is enough. You know, hey, we're just military people. We're, we're regular people, too. We have wives and kids. I'm not going to be in this military anymore. Or they might start to get corrupt orders from, you know, a fallen leadership, and they, they might leave. And so you're going to want to think about what your plan is during during the apocalypse, during end times. Do you want to go lone wolf? Well, if you're a lone wolf, you better be hard to find because if they find you, you know, there's going to be groups that find you um, and you can't defend yourself against the whole group. You might have people tagging along. You might have kids and um, spouse and maybe multiple spouses. Um, you might have all kinds of situations going on. And, you know, you have to protect them. And, you know, a group of 20 people come by and you better do what they say. What are you going to do about that? So there's, there's a reason why in bad places people join gangs. You know, they don't it's easy enough to say, oh, don't join a gang. But if you feel like you're in a real tough situation, people join gangs for to have a group, to have protection. Like, these are your people. You guys protect each other. So you're going to want to think about how that plays out and all the different scenarios that, that would happen. If you want to live amongst society, you're pr unless you're a real you know, loner and you're all by yourself, you're the monk on the hill or something. Um, I don't think you can get by with just being the lone wolf unless it's total massive depopulation. And then there's only like two, 3% of the population left. Then we might have a kumbaya scenario where everyone's like, ah, just, there's plenty for everyone, man. Let's just hang out, you know? But like I said, last podcast, in all reality, there's going to be some mayhem. People are going to be, you know, what people are going to be out of prison. There's going to be prisoners out there. There's going to be people that have always had um, violent and dangerous tendencies, and but they've kept them in check because they have a support structure. There's family. There's mental health. There's prescription drugs. There is law. There are laws. You know, so a lot of people are heavily influenced by the laws. The laws go away, and now they're gonna they're gonna become you know a, a violent a criminal, and they might find like-minded people and form mobs. So I think that's something that the science fiction TV shows and movies kind of get right that these violent mobs and gangs will form in some kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. So you know that's something to uh, think about as well. Um, you know, there, there's going to be paramilitary groups and pseudo-military, and how do you know you're joining the right one? Um, the U.S. Civil War was a, a mess. The North, they conscripted, you know, forced into service 
um, only about 6% of people. Everyone else is a volunteer. So, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, they, they conscripted a lot of people. They really didn't because they had plenty of people to volunteer. The South, though, they have to conscript about 12% of people because they were having a harder time finding volunteers. They even conscripted um, slaves in the South uh, to, to serve. And, you know, even though they had a, they felt they had a moral um, issue with, with black people um, having guns and, and such, um, the South used conscription much more than the North. So you could be conscripted by some roving militia. Hey, you better join or else, or we'll kill you and your family or something like that. So a lot to think about. Like, a lot depends. You have to be flexible. And that's what, a, you know, that's what this podcast is about, is giving you food for thought on the various scenarios that could be happening. You can't just maybe sit in, the, in your little house and expect, um, you know, when there's mass depopulation going on, that, that there's not going to be some kind of weird behavior going on. So I'm almost thinking that you at least have to have a plan to take leadership yourself. Like you have to say, all right, I don't want to join someone else's group and, and go by their rules and regulations. They could be corrupt. Most people are corrupt and most people are not very bright. Um, so, you know, if, at least you can say with the military, the traditional military, they have, you know, they have ethos and, and they have um, a tradition and they have a structure where the smartest people are at the top and, and the idiots are the cannon fodder on the bottom. They have a whole structure in place. You're a sergeant, you're a whatever. Uh, there's all that. If there's some pseudo-military in your region... Some guy could be a captain, and meanwhile, just before all of this, he was just the manager of Jiffy Lube. You know, so he goes from being the manager of Jiffy Lube, and now he's a captain. Or, or all these idiots that do the war reenactments. I hate those people that do the war reenactments. It's like, first off, they don't look anything like people that were in a war, like, 200 years ago. They don't look anything like them. They... They're either Civil War or they're Revolutionary War reenactors. People back then were thin. They didn't wear glasses. Um, or if, if they didn't wear glasses, maybe in the Civil War a little bit, but not in the Revolutionary War. They were younger. They weren't bald and fat and uh, nerds. They, they were people that were, you know, in relatively good shape. And um, they weren't. They look nothing like these people that do the Civil War reenactments. So we're supposed to go and watch some, like, Civil War or Revolutionary War reenactment and pretend, like, oh, yeah, these people look just like the real soldiers did back then. It's a joke. It's like watching people play Dungeons and Dragons. I, I, I hate it. Hate hate reenactments. If you're going to have a reenactment, pay a bunch of, like, I don't know, 17-year-old... Um, soccer players you know that's about the right look and um for for reenactment pay a bunch of of uh, soccer players and um and you know that's about right not like a 58 year old guy with like gray hair and and uh you know ben franklin glasses and um and you know big fanny pack on and, and a 
tire used tire around his uh, belly, and uh, you know, with gout, and you know that shouldn't be. That's not. Those aren't the people that won the war. Those aren't the people that beat the British. So um, it's, it's one of my pet peeves are these war reenactor type people. In any case, all right. So if I were you. You being a good, smart person who doesn't want to get sucked up into a bad situation with dummies, um, I'd create your own military structure with your own set of ethics and ethos. What will you do? What won't you do? What's right? Why do you exist? Write a mission statement. Why do you exist? The mission statement could be, you know, we exist to protect the people of the lower, um, you know, um, Podunk Valley, wherever you live, uh, to protect the people and to um, negotiate commerce and to um, and to uh, hold to a higher standard um, the people in power um, in our region. And so, you know, we we even the Cub Scouts have like a, an ethos. They have a you know. A, a, the weeblos, you know, they it's like to do no harm and to um, to obey the law of the pack and to uh, do the things that they do. Um, I forget what it was. You know, I was a Boy Scout or Cub Scout once. Um, to not get molested is one of the keys. Like, if you have a creepy scout leader or um, or priest or little league coach or YMCA guy or whatever, um, just, just run for the hills. Speaking of which, you ever noticed now that, um, Michael Jackson has been long gone. They still play his songs on the radio. And I think it's pretty clear that he was a molester. Um, and I know he was never convicted, but it's kind of weird that the songs are still out there. And so if you look at the songs now, if you look at the, the list of songs, they kind of all scream for help, you know? So um, if you think of it now as him being a child molester and writing these songs about, like, for 11-year-olds or about 11-year-olds, then you say, okay, um... Maybe he was a child molester. Like just looking at his list of songs, the way the way you make me feel, like all right, it's a little creepy. Man in the mirror, he's looking at the man in the mirror, and he's a horrible human being. You know, he's like feeling guilty a little bit. Uh, remember the time, PYT, pretty young thing. Hmm. Um, smooth criminal. Mm. And he's in the picture of Smooth Criminal. He's grabbing his his little crotch section. Bad, come on, he's bad. You know it. Um, love never felt so good, even though it's so bad. Um, beat it, come on. Don't stop till you get enough. Black or white? Like, is it like? Oh, I'll take any kid. Black or white? I want you back. Is that for like Macaulay Culkin? Um, let's see. What are some of the other ones? Scream. Like, ah, you know, get this way, guy away from me. 
Um, you are not alone. That's super creepy, you know, considering he admitted to sleeping in the same bed with kids. So a lot of stuff like, and then when you hear the lyrics, it's like, yeah, this guy might have been a creepo. All right. In any case, um, anyway, so, you know, come up with your own ethos, your own set of rules. This isn't nerdy. It's not nerdy to come up with your military, um, plan for being and print it out because who knows if we'll have electricity and um and say hey these if we're going to form an army um i'm going to take a leadership role and if you want to join my army these are the, the things we have to abide by we're not going to rape people we're not going to um you know have uh relationships with minors we're not going to uh murder people without um we're not going to murder people, you know, unless it's self-defense or something. We're not going to um, terrorize the population. We're not going to steal. We're, you know, we're going to be a force for good. And, you know, then build your build. Having this set of rules, you can print up a fifty copies or something, and um, and have an ethos, and uh, other people will start to follow you. And then they'll know that there's this moral code. And then you could set up, like, you know, judges and juries. And it might have to be a Nuremberg-type jury, but you might have to... Um, you could set up ju you could set up your, your situation, your court of law, if for people that might disobey. And then have, you know, distinct rules. Um, people were able to do it, you know, but if you don't have distinct rules, it can get out of hand. Like in Salem, where they had... Uh, they were on their own and then they started having witch trials and you know so you have to be careful so i would spend a couple of hours and create um create your idea of a structure a chain of command and um, a mission statement and a reason for being for uh, a local military should things go down because if you don't do it, someone less scrupulous will do it. That guy who works at Jiffy Lube, who reads the weird, you know, websites, and he loves horror movies and stuff, and he's just waiting for a circumstance like this. He'll become in charge. He'll be the lieutenant. And if you don't do something now, I um, mean, your army, he might just be a, a private or something like that. So, um, so think about that. All right, so. Next up is I Hear You Knocking. Alright, I Hear You Knocking. Um, this feature, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, two people are knocking on your bunker door, and you have to decide which one to let in. So play along. All right, um, I went, got two random names from a celebrity website, and you're not going to like these. Um, Chet Hanks and Cher. Chet Hanks and Cher. Okay, so who's Chet Hanks? He is a, um, he's the ne'er-do-well child of celebrity Tom Hanks. Uh, who's also married to um, a celebrity wife, 
and uh, I forget her name. Um, but he's, you know, as Tom Hanks' is beloved, he does all these beloved movies. He plays Walt Disney, and he plays Forrest Gump, and he plays um, the guy with the beach ball who's lost on the beach. And uh, he plays the Captain Sully and, and all these people and, the, guy, and the, the other captain that was on the boat and he was beaten up by guys from, uh, from uh, Rwanda or somewhere. Um, and, uh, you know, and he plays the bosom buddies and he's the big and he's uh, the saving private Ryan and, and he's in Philadelphia and he's all blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Well... You know, karma, and he has a kid that is um, out of control, and he's a loudmouth, he's uh, vulgar, he goes onto planes and he won't wear the mask, and then he curses everyone out on the plane and becomes a big fiasco. He has like a, he wants to be a rapper, which is total cultural appropriation. Not that white people can't be rappers, but white rich people probably can't be rappers. So he brought up Rich, hates his life, and he's knocking on your door. Let me in, let me in. Okay, he's 30 years old. Cher. You should know who Cher is. C-H-E-R, Cher. Goes by one name. Um, great career, musical career. Started in the 60s. Hooked up with uh, one of the Wall of Sound people, Sonny Bono. And um, had this whole career of singing, powerful voice. Talk about a husband and wife band where one is way, way more talented than the other. And there's lots of these, I guess, um, is Sonny and Cher. Whenever I hear those two sing, I go, wow, this guy, he sings worse than I do. He's worse than Ringo Starr at singing. And, um, and then he has his wife who's in the 99.999 percentile of singers. Um, and she's taller than him, better looking than him, everything. It's like, well, how'd he get this woman? Um, all right, so there's that. And, um, and she's had this whole talented career. I guess, you know, this isn't always the right thing to say because it can come off as sexist, I guess. Um, she sometimes gets categorized as a diva. And I'll, I'll just put it out there in the sense of the word where it's a solo, usually female artist who um, demands a lot and has a certain uh, standards for which she will only perform for. So she's not going to just be fun-loving and go out there and sing a few bar tunes at the local... Uh, um, Applebee's or something like she's gonna you're gonna have to have backstage you're gonna have to have this costume you're gonna have to have this lighting you better do this there better be that many people out there you better have my name on the marquee um, better be spelled right in this case it's easy to spell but um, I heard a story about Morrissey once the the guy from the Smiths and uh, he would leave first off he's a he's a, like a violent vegan so if, if there were any meat anywhere around, like one guy eating a hot dog in the balcony, he would just, like, cancel the show or something. But I heard once that he was driving by um, a show, and they misspelled his name on the marquee. And I guess you could put, like, you know, one less R in Morrissey or one less S or something. So there was missing a letter of some sort on Morrissey. 
And he saw that on the marquee, and he told the driver to just keep going. And all those people were sitting in there waiting for the show, and he didn't show up because they misspelled his name on the marquee. So, like, what a jerk. So, you know, that that is diva personality. So it comes down as diva. Um, with the case of females, if there's, like, a Vegas show where um, cross-dressers dresses you and sing then you're probably a diva. So there's a, a lot of impersonators who are um, not women traditionally impersonating Cher in places like Las Vegas. So, um, and on cruise ships and, and things of that nature. Okay, can't hold that against the person. All right, these two are knocking on your door. Um, pluses of Chet Hanks. Maybe his jerk persona is just a persona, and maybe it's just him lashing out, and if his parents are killed in an apocalyptic event, he'll calm down and say, all right, yeah, I don't have this issue anymore with having fav famous parents. Because it's hard to live up to having pa parents that are better than you. You know, me, fortunately, I didn't have that problem. But it must be tough for people. Like, I hear all the time about, like, two doctors who have a kid, and the kid goes to... Um, you know, DeVry University or something. And, and the parents are just like, all right, well, that's where our kid is. And, um, you know, to to them, this kid must seem like having, like, a pet. If your kid goes to, if you're two doctors who graduated from top medical schools and your kid's going to DeVry University, like, it's almost like having a houseplant compared to them. So it must, there must be hard relating, and then the kid lashes out. You know, and starts to do things, maybe drugs or something like that. It's it's tough. It's tough if the, the parents are that much higher than the kid. Um, so there's that situation. And my dog doesn't like Chet Hanks. Um, but maybe he'll calm down. He's still young. He's active. Will he be bad for chemistry in the bunker? Probably. Uh, it seems like, you know, he goes onto an airplane and he causes a stir. Um, he probably would be bad for Bunker, um, but maybe he'll fall into line. You know, maybe you could just threaten him, or, or maybe there's other people in the Bunker, too, and he'll just say, all right, forget it, I'm just a private in this army. Um, I'll just, you know, go gather wood and, and uh, do my best in this new scenario. A lot to think about there. All right, Cher, uh, 74. So, she's tall. Um, at this point, she would be the keeper of knowledge. You know, the older people in the bunker are the, the keepers of knowledge. They're going to pass on the information to the next generations. Um, it probably wouldn't cause, you know, while she has this diva reputation, I don't envision her causing, at 74 years old, you know, that she's going to want, like, all green M&Ms or something in, in her rider, in her, in her contract. Um, I don't see her being a diva at this point. And if there is some kind of, you know, afterworld talent show, even though she's 74, I'd rather hear Cher, and she's been auto-tuned in recent years, so maybe her voice isn't there, but I'd rather hear Cher than the musical stylings of Chet Hanks, who's awful in every regard. So if there's like an afterworld um, talent show, you know, you're, there's going to be a lot of free time. 
Share is a good draw. If you're having inter-village um, festivals, you know, you have your village of survivors. There's another village 10 miles away. Every now and then you trade with each other. Having share is kind of a draw. You say, hey, um, hey, village, you know, North Village, um, you know, why don't you bring down some of your people and you can have, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, our little mini stage out and you can hear share and all the people from North Village would come on down. They'd spend money in your town. In this case, money would be just tradable goods. We went over that last podcast. You know, they'll be trading Lipton soup packets or something. Um, so she's more of a draw. If you say you have Chet Hanks, they might be like, ah, what's wrong with these people? They have Chet Hanks. So I'm feeling like, well, Cher can't contribute immediately to the bunker. Once you get out of the bunker, and she won't take up a lot of food or or air in the bunker. I feel like Chet Hanks would just have no impulse control and eat all eat through all your like applesauce and and your um you know your canned beets and things like. He'll just be like chowing it down. Hey man, give me more. You know, and I feel like Cher will just eat a normal person's amount of food, if not less, and um and just you know be calm. At seventy four, you're a little calmer. So and then once everyone gets out of the bunker. It'll be nice having Cher around. You know, she can she can sing. You could hook up a portable generator to a microphone, and um, and she could perform, and it'd be kind of a nice thing. And uh, I think it would be a draw for the village. So I'm gonna go with Cher. I'd say she's probably a six out of ten, and Chet Hanks is maybe a two out of ten. So I think Cher wins this one pretty easily. All right. All right, so last but not least, um, what to bring into the bunker. Um, a movie from about 14 years ago called The Departed by Martin Scorsese might be a good one to bring into the bunker. It's long, and um, it's over, it's like a good, like maybe almost three hours long. It was pretty long. It's on Netflix right now. You can't easily record Netflix to... Um, to like recordable media, so and Netflix isn't going to be around in um, in our apocalyptic scenarios. So you might want to get a hard copy, but because it's 14 years old, you probably could find it on DVD pretty cheaply if you do a quick search. I think this will give you a lot of entertainment because it's a very long movie. Star-studded cast has Matt Damon, has um, Leonardo DiCaprio. My main beef with it is 14 years ago, those two looked a lot alike. So, um, so sometimes they get confused into move in the movie as to who's who. Those two kind of looked alike, but it has like stars throughout. Um, again, Martin Scorsese directed. It has, um, I think, Matt, um, Brad Pitt is a producer on it. It has like all these people at the the peak of their careers um, in it, and um, it has Alec Baldwin. You know, it has um, uh, Martin Sheen. Um, it has, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Marky, Marky Mark from the Funky Bunch. Um, he's actually not a bad, this is like pre-steroids for him. He's not, you know, the steroided up guy yet. 
Um, so Mark Wahlberg is in it. Um, the steroids will, like, will ruin your career, by the way. Have you noticed that? With uh, the guy from uh, Christopher Maloney from Law & Order SVU, he left the series because people get vain and they think they could have this career. Well, he left the series, and then recently they brought him back for an episode of Law & Order SVU, and he's starting his own series, but it's awful. Um, and you could tell that he is on, he's doing the, the human growth hormone type thing. And his acting is as stiff as ever. You can't really understand what he's saying. His neck is all blown up. So when someone does the human growth, he's 60 years old, when someone does the human growth hormone stuff, he already was kind of balding, but they start to bald a little bit. And they start to get big trapeziuses in neck, like unusual neck. And they never had a large neck before. So you could tell the actors that do that. And that tends to ruin the career of practically everyone. Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's Rocky 1 and 2 were great. And you could tell in number 3 he's starting to do some stuff. And... Um, and the, the movie started going downhill after that, once he started doing the human growth hormone. Uh, just, your vocal range isn't as good, and you just look like you're kind of stiff. The comedian Joe Piscopo, you know, he kind of, um, he, he tanked right after he started bulking up. Carrot Top. But, um, but you see it with these actors, and, and Mark Wahlberg's definitely one of those. Like, once they start doing the, the human growth hormones... And uh, they give up any pretense, the rock, of being an artist. They're now, they're now just um, a comic book character after they start doing this stuff. So I would suggest bringing The Departed. I hadn't seen it before, and it showed up in Netflix. I don't know why I'd never seen it before. I guess I normally don't like ensemble movies with like all celebrities in it. Like Everyone in it is a celebrity. Uh, but for an ensemble movie, it's pretty good, and it's long. Um, whereas now you might not want to watch a long movie, but in a post-apocalypse, you might want to have a movie that has a little bit of beef to it. Uh, it's a complicated story of uh, a corrupt um, Boston gangster played by Jack Nicholson, another celebrity, who um, is in bed with the police and the FBI, but there's there's informants on the police, and he grooms one cop to be an informant for him but then there's another um cop who is um groomed to be um uh an undercover detective infiltrating um nicholson's uh whole like um uh his whole drug um cartel that he has going on so it's just like a real complicated story worthy of a long treatment so give it a look the departed that's what i would suggest going into um going into your bunker get a dvd copy of that for two dollars and 99 cents on ebay all right until next time go to endtimespodcast.com to get more of these endtimespodcast.com